When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is not your century. This is not your century, where we celebrate the news and the news media of centuries gone by. I'm King Kaufman. You've heard of Einstein's theory of relativity, right? Well, you'll be glad to know it checks out. The April 12, 1923 edition of the San Francisco Chronicle reported that the general theory of relativity had been confirmed by photographs taken of a solar eclipse in Australia the previous September. And as Herb Cain would start writing about 15 years later, there's always a local angle. The University of California's Lick Observatory in San Jose led one of several expeditions to take photos of the eclipse of the sun on the northwest coast of Australia on September 21, 1922. Measurements taken from those photographs confirmed the theory that Einstein had finalized in 1915. The results are in exact accord with the requirements of the Einstein theory, said the observatory's director, Dr. W. W. Campbell. In fact, Dr. Campbell said, the results are so close to what Einstein predicted that they decided to skip a planned second test at another solar eclipse later in the year, even though that one was a lot closer to home near San Diego. So, what's he talking about? One and seventy-five hundredths seconds of arc. And why were they measuring photos of a solar eclipse to try to prove once and for all that Einstein was right about the general theory of relativity? Well, I'm not going to lie. I have no idea. So I called Tony Misch. He's a retired astronomer and the head of historical collections at the Lick Observatory. One of uh, general relativity's predictions is that a beam of light will be bent when it passes something really massive. Um, moreover, if you know what that mass is, uh, the theory allows you to calculate the exact amount that, uh, of, of bending that will occur. Uh, so stars near the sun visible to an observer on Earth during that total eclipse we talked about create exactly the conditions for that, uh, for that test, um, the, the stars being the source of the beam of light and the sun being the big mass. Now, the reason you need an eclipse to do that measurement is that's the only time we can see the light from a star as it passes near the sun. Otherwise, the big bright sun gets in the way. So if Einstein's prediction was right and the light bends as it passes near the sun, then during the eclipse, the star would appear to be in a slightly different place in the sky than it looks to us when its light beam is not passing by the sun, that is, when we see it at night. That one and seventy-five hundredths seconds of arc? That was Einstein's prediction for how far from its usual spot the star would appear to be. And it is exactly what uh, the Lick expedition saw uh, when, they, when they measured their eclipse photographs. Mish told me that one of the things astrophysicists and astronomers talk about, you know, when they get together at keg parties, is whether the Lick Observatory was really the one that confirmed Einstein's theory. Some British astronomers had confirmed it a few years earlier, but their measurements weren't as precise, so it was still a little bit up in the air, as it were. 
Also in the Chronicle on April 12, 1923, The Curse of the Pharaoh's Tomb. Just five months before, archaeologist Harold Carter had uncovered the nearly intact tomb of the pharaoh Tutankhamun, King Tut to you. It was one of the great archaeological finds of all time. The expedition had been funded by Lord Carnarvon, an earl who was an amateur Egyptologist. Lord Carnarvon had died in March after a mosquito bite had become infected. Well, that was the scientific explanation, but there was also a mystical one and no less a figure than Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was pushing those ideas. The author of the Sherlock Holmes stories suggested that the Earl's death had been caused by elementals created by King Tut's priests to guard the royal tomb. Elementals were like spiritual forces. Now came news that Harold Carter was ill. The archaeologist! Was the curse real? The Chronicle was vague about the nature of Carter's illness, but it did quote what it called an Egyptian priest named Ibrahim Sirana. And he said, Howard Carter may laugh at the idea of a curse, but he too will be stricken down. The Curse of the Pharaohs did give us a nice collection of B-movies around the middle of the 20th century, but it didn't kill Howard Carter. He recovered and lived for another 16 years. He died of Hodgkin's lymphoma at the age of 64 in 1939. Not Your Century is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like this show, we'd love it if you'd give it a rating and a review. For great journalism today, consider subscribing to the San Francisco Chronicle, which you can do in both paper and digital form by going to sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. Historical research by Libby Coleman. I'm King Kaufman. Talk to me on Twitter at King underscore Kaufman. We now return you to your century. <laughs>